I'm a, I'm an anti-fascist. Yeah, I subscribe to the ideology. Um, you know, LAPD officers, uh, the, some heads of LAPD has have told reporters that I'm a member of Antifa, and that ha- and you have to question LAPD. Uh, uh, their credibility after saying I'm a member of Antifa, which is a made-up organization. Hello and welcome to Here in L.A., Mid-City Edition. Today, we talk to Richie Serjenko, who, as far as I can tell, is the unofficial leader of the People's City Council, who are the most vocal progressive L.A. activists out there. They're a powerful force online and in person. You've probably seen them cause a stir at city council meetings, mayoral debates, photo ops, and announcements. And often, it's Richie himself in the face of the powers that be. I sat down with Richie in his mid-city home. We talked for over two hours, and because this is our 50th episode, and because so much of what we talked about was actually interesting, Jordan said, screw it. Let's trim it down to two hours and call it a special swimsuit double issue, minus the swimsuit. So welcome our guest from Western Mass, Richie Serjanko. Okay, everybody, I am in mid-city with Richie. Serjanko. Serjanko. Yes. Did you get, did the kids just tease you about your last name? Oh, no. No, they didn't. Well, my my dad and my uncle and my grandfather are uh, either professional football players or D1 football players uh, who also, you know, had a reputation for fighting in the town that I grew up in. And um, so not a lot of people really teased me growing up. And this is in Massachusetts. Yes, in Massachusetts. Who who was the most uh, popular football player in your family? In my family, well, my uh, my grandfather was an all all pro uh, defensive tackle, um, but like way back in like the '30s, he played for a team called the Boston Yanks. Yeah, at, at, like long t- and the Brooklyn Dodgers, the football team. What? Um, so long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're a long way from Massachusetts. Three thousand miles. What brought you out here? I went to Santa Monica College. I moved in with my uncle who was living out here. Um, my uncle was a longtime organizer. He was uh, he worked with Cesar Chavez and United Farm Workers. He worked with Jane Fonda and Tom Hayden uh, doing like PR and comms for them way back in the day. Um, and he also uh, shout out Baba Akili from Black Lives Matter LA who organized with my uncle with the United Farm Workers who I also organize now with uh, with people's budget stuff. And so it's good that there's that uh, circle of life there. But yeah, moved here when I was 18, moved in with my uncle to go to Santa Monica College. I was a real, um, uh, I was a troublemaker growing up. And so I didn't really get good grades or anything. I got decent grades. I played sports. Um, but you know, I think my parents were really just excited to get me out of Chicopee and away from trouble. Um, and then my uncle passed away like six months uh, of me being here. Um, and I, uh, ended up failing out of Santa Monica college. Yeah. And I, I was just like going to the beat. I would just drive, drive past school. Like, like I, I was real immature. Um, and I really, didn't know what I was doing with my life when I was younger and I was really just fucking around. Um, and I mean, that's typical though. Normal. Like, right. To clear. Also, you're new to LA. Right. Right. The girls. Way different. 
also like a real culture shock because you know I, in Massachusetts and you know where I where I grew up like people are in constant conflict like we're just talking shit all the time like you got to be you know that's that's way you know people see it but like you know it comes from growing up you got to be kind of just on, on your toes and, and ready to to give it back to someone and then you come out here and things are just different people are getting high all the time the weed and the pacific ocean kind of put things in perspective where were you living when your uncle died um, right, right by like Santa Monica, um, a little bit east of Santa Monica on like Pico. So West LA. Sautel, right, right where like that row of restaurants is on yes. Sautel. So right, very close to that. And then I went to Compton College. Uh, shout out Compton College. Shout out Coach Shannon uh, Williams. I don't know if you've been Coach. Seeing- yeah, have you been seeing the stuff on, uh, uh-huh. on the news? What am I missing? Oh, man. Um, you know, my guy, Coach Shannon, was recently shot outside of his house. Um, but he fortunately, he, he made it, and, you know, he's at home recovering right now. Um, but he uh, he's a very important person to me and, like, meant a lot to me because, you know, in that phase of my life, transitioning, uh, you know, failing out and then going to Compton and, and, and playing baseball there and, you know... Uh, I was like the only white white kid there, pretty much. <laughs> but you know, Coach Shannon was just like, "Yo, come on!" Like, why did you go to Compton? They so um, I was originally going to go to East East LA College, and, and you know, one of my buddies that I was I was playing with was like, "Yo, I'm gonna go check out Compton." Like, you know, they got great facilities because they have the MLB Urban Youth Academy in the right there. Um, and so I went to go check it out and met Shannon, and way way more chill there. So I d- I decided to go there. My second year at Compton, we were very successful. We went to the Super Regionals, which is the final eight teams. Um, but, like, our fucking bench would, like, get, like, really get into it and, like, challenge people for fights and, like, you know, just talk, <laughs> talking shit. And then, you know, if, if we're going to keep it about the game, but if we're, you know, the other side usually gets rattled and, you know, get... Uh, gets a little upset with what we're saying, and and then we'd be like, okay, do you if you want to fight, like that's like let's do it, that's fine. And so um, it really contributed to like this uh, atmosphere of um, teams being afraid of us, and it was good, it was good for us. Yeah, we used it to our advantage. You enjoyed fighting these strange men. I um, I don't necessarily enjoy fighting. But I do like testing people out, and I usually can avoid uh, the people that want to fight. And I, and I, you know, I spend many times in my life getting punched in the face. I'm not, I'm not acting like I'm a tough guy or anything. Like I have been into fights, whatever. But usually, I'm just like testing people to see, uh, you know, who they who they are, and you know what the lines are with them, and. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, and you'd attribute this to a Western mass, Western mass sensibility. Yeah. Yeah. My, my a da- mass hole. My dad a is a welder. My mom, you know, worked two jobs growing up. So like super middle-class, like working class. Um, and so, you know, we working class kids, deaf and poor and working class kids definitely grow up different. You know, it's a different, it's a different grind. You know, you see your parent, the way you see your parents work and grind is different. Like my dad fucking didn't buy new clothes for like lots of years. And like, well, and, and not because we were poor, I'm just saying, but like, it's just fucking, he's a, that, that's it. You know, let's, let's skip over to, yeah, to yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. But so, so I went to Compton college, 
did played baseball, did it there, went to Cal State Dominguez Hills, uh, and, and got my degree from there. Graduated and then went to law school, Southwestern Law School. Um, and yeah, that's shout out Koreatown. Shout out Koreatown. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, did you know that you always wanted to be in law? No, I didn't. I did not know what I was doing when I graduated from college. I probably shouldn't have went to law school. Uh, you know, I didn't know. I didn't really know any lawyers. You regret having a law degree? Well, yeah, I regret the uh, like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in well, student. Just, just money. Yeah, man. no, they're never gonna fucking get it back anyway. So, <laughs> what do you a, mean by that? Uh, I mean they're gonna have to pry it from my cold dead hands, or they, they will cancel it at some point. You think it'll be canceled? Oh, well, I'm point? I'm sure as hell not paying for it. So you know I'm gonna pay the minimum for twenty years, and then which uh, is what on one hundred and fifty grand? Man, uh, you know it, they've been paused for a few years, but it was probably like fucking. Near, nearly like 700 to G like a month probably. Wow. Yeah, no, it sucks. So when people, I, I ask not to bum you out. No, no, no. But because when people talk about, well, why should we cancel these kids' yeah. college degrees or their college loans, I'm sorry. One of the arguments is that money, if it's actually put back into the city or town or neighborhood, would do a lot better than if it gets sent to a bank. Right. Because yeah. the banks don't need it, and the banks have proven that they are not the best people to hold money. Yeah. And whereas if you had an extra thousand bucks laying around, you'd either buy shit yeah. or go and do shit. Right. And that money stays in LA. Yeah, exactly. But Sally Mae doesn't need it. No, and, and like 95% of student loans are owned by the federal government. Right. And so... They, so where does, where does that go? It goes to bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than 50% of the budget goes to the military, yeah, right? Yeah, So what good is $500 a month coming from you to fund a military that we don't really want to use? Why not use it on fucking... Well, because the uh, war profiteers run the country. That's right. Okay. Richie? Yes. I, 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 I question that because it's spelled. How do you say Gucci? Oh. How do you say cappuccino? Oh. Are you Italiano? I, I am part Italian, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's that's easy easy way to think of it. Richie, are all cops bastards? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, well, when you think that when we say all cops, that is not about the individual. It, it's all cops because it's a systematic thing. And the system of policing in this country is derived from slave catching. And if you listen to black people in this country, they compare the carceral state to slavery. Policing and prison systems are modern day slavery. Anyone that is a cop is upholding that white supremacist system. And so it's not about individuals, because I'm sure you know a nice guy that's a cop, right? I, I, one, right. One, one. <laughs> I, I had my, my uncle was a cop Ooh. and my uncle went to, to jail a few times, one time for being a dirty cop. Mm. And, um, 
and yeah, and that's a no no opinions on on that, but like it is a, it is an entire systematic thing and you can know a good person, but as soon as they become a member of the police force, they're going to cover up this police misconduct. They they never rat out each other. Never. And and one of the things that we've learned from uh William G uh, Shout out William G. Film the Police LA on Twitter. The best. Is he has he's documented these cops in Hollywood. And I've lived in Hollywood for 21 years now. I don't think Hollywood is a racist place. But the cops will handcuff you <laughs> if you're a black person. It's ridiculous. With uh, with uh, tinted windows. Parked or, in the red. Or actually, for, for whatever reason yeah. that they want to stop you, they'll immediately handcuff you. Yeah. So that that makes me think something is up. That you guys aren't exaggerating. And by you guys, I mean the LA activists. Also, we saw the Rodeo Drive Beverly Hills cops and yeah. how 99% yeah. 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 of the people that they uh, either handcuffed Stop. or arrested yeah. were all black. How do you only arrest black people? So when, when the activists say things like what you just said, which was this is a throwback to slavery, I know that there's some people at home they are just rolling their eyes. But when you actually see these police in action and how differently they treat guys who look like you yeah. from guys that look like Will. Yes. It's like, what happened? And so my question is, do you think that these cops, including Latino cops are afraid of blacks and that's why they handcuff them and treat them this way? Um, well, yeah, I'm sure due to a lot of American propaganda over the past few centuries that have portrayed black people in a certain way that, you know, uh, just simply due to the white supremacist nature of policing, that it's heavily embedded uh, that uh, black people are a threat. But but here's my problem with with the cops being afraid of black people. I can understand being a young cop and buying into the media and to culture, if, if that's what you want to call it. But when you actually see it in person, at some point, shouldn't you say, huh? No. And it, but this this conversation also um, obfuscates the the issue that the cops themselves cause a lot of harm and that they are criminals themselves, right? And like the LA County Sheriff's Department has 18 deputy gangs. It's ran like a mob affiliate. They target their political opponents. They kill black and brown kids for gang initiation, um, like. You know, we and and their leader doesn't want to testify under oath. He's afraid he's going to have to now. Do you see the? I news? did. Yeah, it's amazing. I I saw his all caps tweet. Yeah, he was mad. So so the 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 things that you allege about the sheriffs because right now we have to say allege because it hasn't been proven can, in court. You Mr. Lawyer has hasn't been proven in court. It's been proven in the uh, uh, court of public opinion, which matters. Yeah, but. What has been proven is this sheriff does not want to play by the traditional rules. He seems to be hiding something. Yes. Well, when you say that he doesn't want to play by the traditional rules, um, Sheriff Lee Baca ended up going to jail, and his undersheriff ended up going to jail. Um, and that was just one administration ago. And so, you know, when we say all cops are bastards and we talk about it being a systematic thing, we talk about Alex Villanueva is so fucking awful. 
well, like uh, two sheriffs ago, this the Baca was just just like Sheriff Villanueva. I th- I also think that the the one of the biggest problems with Sheriff Alex is when he ran, he ran as a, an agent of change. And as a Democrat, yeah, as objectively as you can be, counselor, what has he done that aligns with the Democratic Party? Well, um, when you phrase it like that, uh, he's done a lot of stuff to align with the Democratic Party itself. Oh, like? Well, the Democratic Party is a liberal institution, and liberals love to uh, love the police and love to block up black and brown people um you know that's so sure uh but if you want to talk about progressive ideals right like okay. is he living up to progressive but, but, ideals? I, but i don't think he ran as a progressive though right right and and i would say okay that's very good mr cynical man <laughs> but i think angelinos when they see a d next to your name on the ballot you think that it's going to be different than an r Yes. And and so here we have Alex who ran as a D. Yeah. Who's not a D. Yeah. You've got Rick Caruso now running for mayor as a D. Lord knows he's not one. Definitely not. And you've got who you like to call Joey Buckets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who's a cop. Yeah. Yeah. Who's running as a D. He, yeah. It's awful. Is that because they think that they just can't run as a Republican? Um, I think it's a lot. It's a lot of things. I, and I think that the... Um, political structure in Los Angeles and the political atmosphere for a long time just allowed, has allowed people to just stamp D next to them. And and it really doesn't mean anything, right? Mm -hmm. Because the LA city council is one of the most conservative uh, governing bodies in the country. What, what makes you say that? Uh, well, we have, um, five on house people that die every day on the streets of Los Angeles. Still, still, Hmm. um, you know, we give 54, excuse me, it's, uh, was 54% and now it's like 49% of our um, general operating funds to LAPD. Um, mm-hmm. Which, which I'll, I'll put an asterisk on that because I don't know of any major cities, maybe Boston, who push back against funding the cops. Even Joe Biden. Yeah, no. Ex- no, this, but this is what right? I mean when we're talking about Democrats and stuff. But I'm saying, I think that's just an American thing now. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's not. It's not... It's bipartisan. It's one of the few bipartisan things. It's a it's a, a entire issue with the American project uh, yeah. that we're heavily invested in militarization and policing and the carceral state. It's crazy. And, and so yeah, I mean, this is uh, there's also like important to remember, like you know, there's a difference between Democrats and the Democratic Party, right? You okay. think you're a Democrat, right? I am an independent, right? There are a lot of there are a lot of Democrats, right, who like just ha- have opinions, and they don't think that they're conservative. Uh, liberalism is a conservative ideology because uh, mm. uh, it's heavily invested in capitalism. Capitalism is heavily invested in the police to protect capital, and so liberalism is a conservative ideology. Are you a capitalist? No. What would you call yourself? I'm an anti-capitalist. You know, I've never heard that before. You never heard of an- anti-capitalist? No. Okay. Oh, you were getting a, a sweatshirt, which is a parody of the uh, anti-social social club. It says anti-capitalist social club. Yes. So, uh, um, F, F, F the L.A. Sheriff's Department, justice for Anthony Vargas. 
I forget which which guy Anthony Vargas was. Anthony Vargas was a uh, shout out uh, the family of Anthony Vargas. Uh, you know, very powerful. Uh, family that uh, really I look to for a lot of guidance in, in this work. Uh, Steph and Val, they're fucking amazing. Um, Anthony Vargas was a 21-year-old uh, Latinx kid in East L.A. who was targeted by uh, Banditos prospects. Banditos is the East L.A. Uh, deputy gang. The details of that case are really um, an expose of how insidious the culture within LASD is. If you ever see pictures of Anthony, he's got pictures of smiling, holding fish and stuff. Was he the one that got shot by the garage that he worked That's at? That's Andres Guidardo. Uh, Andres Guidardo was shot and killed in Compton by the uh, by executioner's prospects. Okay, so when you say Banditos is a sheriff gang, is it you have to be a deputy to be in the Banditos? Yes, it's the deputy gang that runs out of the East L.A. station. Okay. And there's 18 different uh, deputy gangs. So you and I couldn't be part of the banditos. We could not, no. Hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's literally organized crime. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let's go to the People's Council. Let's do it. I think I have seen you on Twitter yelling at people. You have, definitely, for sure. One of the ones I saw you yelling at people on was uh, Venice Beach. Was that last summer? Yeah. And you were yelling at a, a policeman, and from what I remember, there's a substation in Venice. Yeah, on right the on other the boardwalk. Side, right on the boardwalk on the other side of the basketball courts. Yeah. So he probably had backup. Yeah. Get in the car. 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 I need you to get in the car. What the fuck you gonna do? Yeah, that's my This is public space. Get the fuck in the car, tough guy. Get the fuck in the car, tough guy. That's why I fucking call you, fucking coward. You fucking coward. Get the you fuck get in the car too now. You fucking coward. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you fucking saw you all fucking talk. You gotta get back in the car now. Why were you yelling at this man? I had been out in Venice for about a month monitoring sweeps in the middle of the night. So they were they were moving people from 2 to 5 a.m., um, just like waking people up that lived out there and moving them. Why, why were they doing it in the middle of the night? Because probably uh, they didn't think people would be there to watch. But doesn't it look more shady when you guys are out there yeah. videotaping this and putting it on uh, videotaping? I'm a thousand years old. Yeah, no, it's you're, fine. You're, you're filming Video, it, videoing, yeah. and you're putting it on Twitter. Well, yeah, that's it. That's, seems that, super that's, duper shady. That's, right? that's why. Um, that's that's why we're so effective. And so, anyways, we so I'd been monitoring them for about a month, and then I just went down to Venice that day with my partner just to go to the beach, and then, um, like. I saw them harassing this black vendor who just just happened to be next to an unhoused person. And the cops shut down the, the dude's uh, vending space just because they wanted to remove the unhoused person. And he was upset. Videos like he was upset about them doing that. Like, and it's a, a, a black guy on Venice Beach, like, what seemed specifically targeted that they'd or not even targeted that they just did not care that they were interrupting his space. So that happened. Then I literally saw them chasing this woman down the boardwalk. Um, 
And this was like a week after LAPD had just responded to a mental health call and Sean killed someone in Hollywood. And so, like, I'm just witnessing them acting like this, and it's just so outrageous. So, anyways, um, you know, go, goes towards the end of the day. Uh, we're down by the basketball courts, and this guy uh, in the cop car starts backing up towards us. Uh, me and my partner don't move. We have no reason to move. He could have went around us. There's plenty of space over there. And uh, instead of doing that, he throws the car in park, gets out, and goes, get the fuck out of the way, tough guy. And, you know, at that point, he's mocking me, right? So he started this. Yeah. So that's why I went so hard. Because, and then as I walk up to him, he goes, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And he's in uniform. He knows we cannot get into a fist fight right now. So why are you approaching me like that? Because you think you can, right? You think you can approach me like that. And um, I'm well within my First Amendment rights to tell him to fuck off. Because I'll tell you, when I saw the clip, I thought you were out of line. <laughs> because I was like, okay, you, you can yell at the cop, I guess. But what's, it, what's the purpose? What is it going to achieve? Yeah. But now that you frame it like that, was there the longer clip where the cop approached you first out there? Well, well no, because think about it. He had just tried to back up. We didn't move. He threw it in park. My, my partner and I are just standing there, and it, but like if you watch the clip, like my partner's kind of lagging behind because you know she's not going to be aggressive like me, but she comes like from behind us, and so like I just went out when he got out of the car, he came back towards the back, and I walked up to him, and I did do it as soon as he mocked me and knew he knew that we couldn't get into a fight i knew that my partner was going to start filming there was a crowd and i'm going to embarrass this dude because we cannot get into a fist fight and and you are stepping to me like you want to fight and so i'm going to do everything i can to make you look like a fucking punk right now you know what i mean like like if he was not in not in uniform we could we could get down bro but and like that's fine but you using the uniform to act like attack super tough when you got a gun on you and you can arrest me it's like you're a punk bro you're a punk and i'm gonna embarrass you now how did it end uh he got in his car and his partner got in his car and i told them to fuck off and uh they went on their way this is also an example of my whiteness coming, coming into play, you know? They would never, uh, I, and I would never suggest to a black or brown person to act the way that I do towards the cops. My whiteness it has a shield uh, of protection over me, and that's the, that is why I act the way I do. Because think about it, that cop walks up to a black kid, like, black people have no reason to get into a confrontation with the cops, right? They're already trying to fucking target them. So he gets to get away with it, right? He, that cop goes up to a fucking poor person that's living on the beach. Get the fuck out of here. That person's not going to want to fight back against the cops. And so they do that every single day over and over and over again. And it's like, you know, there's going to be some of us that, that step up and say, you know, not, not, not here. Do you recommend uh, fellow white men using that privilege? They ha that, is, that is an absolute obligation for all white people to put their bodies on the line uh, to, to confront white supremacy because white people created this white supremacist system. It's also part of our duty to destroy it. And um, 
if, if you spent any time paying attention to what black people were saying during the 2020 uprisings for how to be a good white ally. I, I grew up with plenty of black and, and Puerto Rican friends in Massachusetts, but then in 2020, you know, it was put your body on the line in between the cops and people of color. And, and also, uh, one of my political heroes is John Brown. You know who John Brown is? Mm. Abolitionist John Brown. Oh, that John Brown. Yeah, who tried to free the slaves by, by leading a, a, um, a takeover of the armory. And if you read Malcolm X, what he says about John Brown is, you know, if you want to be an ally with a white man, ask him his opinion on John Brown. What happened to John Brown? John Brown was executed by the state for Hung, leading. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a hell of a uh, hero to have. Well, you're you're going to be the guy that doesn't get hung. Is that yeah, the goal? Maybe. Who, who knows how the state responds, you know? But um, that's the only type of energy that I want to have, you know? Like, what astrological sign are you? Aries. Oh, dude. This is right in your yeah, wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go to another time that you uh, got in the face of, uh, I mean, I guess we'll call it speaking truth to power, right? Yeah, absolutely. The city attorney <laughs> was having a taco at a cha-cha chicken. Yes. <laughs> I, love, I love cha-cha chicken. That's literally the best. Have you ever been there? I've been past it a million times. Oh, my times. God. I don't know if I've ever eaten there. It's the, like my number one spot on We're on, talking over there. Pico and Ocean, right? right at, yeah, right at the end of Pico. It's brightly colored. Oh, my. It's so good. You have to go. It, it, anytime uh, you're at Shutters. Well, no. Nah, I don't, I don't ever go sure, to Shutters. Make sure that you put on your flip-flops and walk up the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, so you see the city attorney yeah. there. Uh, Mike Fuhrer? Is that how you say his name? Mike Fuhrer, yeah. And you do what you guys are calling bird-dogging. Yeah. What did you say to the city attorney when you saw him there? Um, yeah. So, Who, by the way, was is still running and was running for mayor even then, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I asked him a, a few things. I believe I asked him about Will getting arrested. Will, shout out Will from the police LA. He, he had, you know, he's been targeted a bunch of times by LAPD. Um, but they, uh, it's so funny. They tried to like set him up and arrest him on a Friday and hold him on $50,000 bail. And they didn't think that he would clear bail that quickly. And we got him out of there in like an hour. You know, that was, um, because I live in Hollywood and the interesting thing about Will is when I first saw his tweets, I was terrified for him. And I think he only had about 2000 followers at the time. But he was clearly doing something that was unique, yeah. which is hard to do in Hollywood. <laughs> and I was afraid for his life. Now he is the like kind of one of the he's biggest. Like yeah, he's one of the biggest activists in L.A., wouldn't you say? Uh, as far as the accounts go and the, yeah, Will does a tremendous public service. So when he got arrested, the word spread very fast. Yeah. Because I live close. I walk by. And I, I think that was the first time we ever met. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it was a strange scene because you never know who's good or bad out there. And a lot of people are anonymous on Twitter. And so I didn't know who you were. And Well, I'm not anonymous on Twitter. I'm just, I got banned, so. 
You got banned from Twitter? Yeah, I posted the sheriff's address, and they perma-banned me. I guess the world knows where he lives because he had the helicopter pad in his backyard. Yeah. Which is also weird. That guy's ridiculous, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Will got arrested. You asked the uh, city, city attorney, attorney yeah. about it, and what did he say? He was like, I got to look into it. You know, he, he said, he's like, I saw it come across my, my desk or something. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to look into it or something. Was it windy on, in your, in your office? Right. Like, what do you mean it came across and flew away? Yeah. Yeah. He's trying, he was, uh, he's busy covering up the DWP scandal. So he's probably more focused on that, which I also asked him about. And it's really like an intricate fucking situation. I don't really know too, too much about it. I know like the bare minimum. I, I mean, to me, his office fucked up. Yeah. And, and people are going to probably pay for it. Yeah. And he's going to pretend that he knew nothing about it. Yeah. Which, great. Perfect mayor. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> and uh, he he's definitely like a career lawyer. Like, when I was talking to him, he, like, kind of talked his way out of some answers. I was like, fuck. And, like, I'm not, I wasn't too adversarial with him. So I was just like, damn, I'm just going to, like, let him get let, let him get out of it. But he, you know, he handled, uh, you know, my pressure a lot better than uh, a lot of elected officials have. And I asked him about Lexus, Lex Oliveira Ray um, from L.A. Taco, a, a super cool guy and a great reporter about, uh, you know, whether he would, you know, he was asked, I asked him about, I forget the specific question. I asked him about Lex's case and like, you know, whether he was going to continue to to leave it open and, and see if he pressed charges. Lex's case was he was covering the Dodgers celebration. The LAPD showed up and kind of bum rushed the crowd, including Lexus, broke his equipment. And after the fact, an off-duty policeman charged fi- uh, charged Lexus with failure to disperse, which is something that you really can't charge journalists with. And um, and Mike Fuhrer had the option to drop the case, yeah, and did not, yeah. He and so that's open. what you challenged him on, yeah. And he said, "I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah. Even though Mr. Tony Pierce had been in the city attorney's Twitter account every day for months. Asking that same question. What is different about Lexus and the, the case in Iowa where a reporter was charged and acquitted? Yeah. And I was like, you went to Harvard. I went to Isla Vista. School me. Yeah, yeah. Tell me why this is still happening. Yeah. Also, tell me why you won't just take this to court. Yeah, yeah. Why are you leaving it open? Because it seems like you know if you took it to court, you'd lose. Yeah. Because the First Amendment is still a thing. And Lexus can be out there documenting. Yeah. It seems really simple. And also the, uh, you know, uh, LAPD uh, doesn't look fondly upon Lexus. And so uh, fear is doing them a favor by leaving that open. Because if you read Lexus's piece, like he was, uh, you know, he had PTSD from that moment. And also if he was like, oh, if I'm going to step out while this is still open, like, you know, what's going to happen? And so that that was a... um, Political move by fear on behalf of LEPD. Also coward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, political, I guess, but he's not going to be mayor. Right. So what is it for? 30% of people uh, targeted by Mike Fear's office are black people, and black people only make up 9% of Los Angeles. But we don't think he's racist. Um, 
Well, we just think he's a coward. And well, he, and he well can't... sure, but I'm saying with in regards to Lexus being a black journalist, uh, with LAPD a looming threat for LAPD, uh, it's hard to ignore the race issue. You know, what it I mean? is hard, but but I won't go that far. Yeah, I, I'll say that he was hoping that maybe the LAPD would shine brightly on him for this mayoral race. Yeah, I'll go that far. And who did they who did they throw their support for? Uh, Caruso. The billionaire. The billionaire, yeah. Not even their own bro, the cop. Well, yeah, because Rick Russo is going to, you know, he doesn't give a fuck about what happens to the city. So every time, every year, the budget comes around and LAPD, or excuse me, the LAPPL, um, the LAPPL is run by a neo-Nazi named uh, Jamie McBride. And Jamie McBride is the father of a killer cop named Tony McBride. And so those are the people that are negotiating at the table. Anyways. Uh, every time they submit a budget for uh, a year-to-year increase, Rick Russo is going to approve it. Let's go to one more time that you were called out. And that was recently in the Los Angeles Times. <laughs> And it wasn't even you directly this time. I feel like the protesters at this mayoral debate caught hell for what you've inspired out there, <laughs> which is bird-dogging people, which isn't new. You didn't create Yeah, this. yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, Erica Smith from the LA Times, a, a columnist, who also happened to be a moderator at this thing. Uh, uh, not, not at, uh, not at the event. Oh, she was at a different one. Yeah. So Ben Oreskes, uh, uh, reporter on housing and homelessness for the LA times was the moderator at that event. Okay. Um, but Erica did moderate the, uh, the following night at USC, which they closed off to the public. And, and her whole thing was, uh, that idiot protesters didn't disrupt it. Well, uh, you guys kept us out of the room. So it's kind of hard for us to disrupt. When you get called an idiot. How do you take that? I mean, um, it's an ableist slur to begin with, and so there's a lot of... Uh, that's what you're upset about? Well, no. I, I mean, it, that, I'm not saying that part uh, upset upsets me personally, but the fact that they use that language and a bunch of disabled folks and disa- uh, disability advocates were on Twitter saying, yo, this is ableist, and Erica doubled down and... Uh, had she them did change, double down. She had them change it back. And so that's completely dis- dismissing what um, you know disabled folks are saying about the use of idiot. So I'm not saying that like it okay. really upsets me. I'm with you. But like that something that when when I saw that that's kind of what like my first as far as me it's like kind of laughable. The activist sensibility today is you guys are on 11 right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it seems like it's been like that since uh, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, for sure, for it, sure. Meanwhile, the politicians are still stunned that people are pissed off. Yeah, and, and especially, uh, you know, to go back to um, the first mayoral debate at LMU, which I, I did partake in disrupting, um, you know, just, just to bring up a fact that, like, Karen Bass compared that group to January 6th, uh, like, uh, insurrectionists, when... You know, that was a mainly black and brown coalition of activists. You know, I was the only white person there and I was the first one out of the room. And so by the time when she made that statement, uh, she was being told by black folks 
that they object to police spending in her public safety plan. And the fact that that room of white liberal elites was shouting down and booing black and brown activists is a perfect dichotomy and also a great example of why we do disrupt. And, and then so, you know, going to the, to the second debate, they had a quote-unquote community conversation on homelessness hosted by the LA Times. That forum did not include an unhoused person or a person with lived experience of homelessness. And so the people that disrupted that event were unhoused people um, and, 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 uh, and, and their allies. You know, Streetwatch and J-Town Solidarity were there. And another thing that points out when Erica calls idiot protesters, Theo Henderson, who is the UCLA activist in residence uh, and has uh, um, experience being unhoused um, and, and has been doing this work for a long time, they, to call him an idiot is offensive to a lot of people because he's the he's an activist in residence and also uh, as a person with lived experience was objecting to the conversation being held with without people like Theo you know what i mean yeah. and and also there were other unhoused people there objecting to the conditions of what shelter uh is like and that's a, just another example that the people in power, the establishment, don't care what, what unhoused people, what poor people have to say. And because they're saying, hey, uh, Project Roomkey, are you familiar with Project Of course, yeah. They're saying that um, these are carceral conditions. They, they don't give them an actual room key. There's a <laughs> curfew. I swear to God, there's, there's right. a curfew. Um, sometimes you can't bring partners, pets. Uh, they, they monitor drug and alcohol use. That's not like you don't get that's not living on your own. That's not living at your own space. Yeah, that, that's like dealing like, would you really want to do that? Or like you can uh, there. Those options are not sufficient. And we're hearing that directly from unhoused people. Project Room Key, do you do you do you have any numbers on what percentage of the rooms that were available for Project Room Key actually went to homeless people? Because I heard it was only half. Yeah, I, I, there was a good tracker, um, and at one point, like the city had like fourteen hundred rooms, two thousand rooms, something something like that, and it was like barely over half full. Um, right. And not to mention, uh, Project Room Key is fully reimbursable from the federal government, and uh, we could have uh, during the length of the pandemic could have housed every single person uh, in Los Angeles on the federal government's uh, credit card. I do see a lot less tents in LA as I drive around. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Uh, am, well, am I blind to where these yes. people are? Yes. Do you know where these people They're are? They're being displaced. Where? All over the city. The city is using Municipal Code 4118 to ban people from public spaces. They're using it to ban people from public parks. For example, Echo Park. For Echo Park. So right now in Echo Park, there's 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 a fence. a fence. Yeah, ugly ass fence. Which we thought was only going to be temporary and maybe just for the Super Bowl to so they can have their 15 seconds of of hey, look how great Echo Park right. looks, right? But it's still there. Yeah. 
They want it there. Yeah. For what? To keep uh, unhoused people out from having uh, uh, a sanctuary and a place to build community while the city lets them down. Like you're saying that you're seeing. Um, I see a lot fewer less tents. Sta- I mean, tents. you do too, though, right? Uh, poten- potentially. Um, and I do agree because there are certain encampments that I used to visit that aren't there anymore. Yeah. And that there, but also Tony, you're seeing less tents, but we also know that there isn't a, a large, there isn't even a small amount of open rooms for permanent and temporary housing solutions. Right. So you're seeing less tents yet. We know that those people aren't going into housing Provided by the city or county. So where do you think they're going? They're just being displaced. They're getting the. They're, they, are they on skid row or something? They could be going to jail. Um, they they they. Well, think about it. Their belongings get picked up and thrown away. Um, a, you know, almost regularly. Yeah. Yeah. No. It it's a it's a pretty cruel way to deal with homelessness because we know that. Also, five unhoused people die every day uh, on the streets of Los Angeles. So you're asking where they're going. Well, a lot of people, a lot of them are dying. They're going to heaven. Yeah, yeah. That Rick Caruso today, I believe, said that LA needs a deep clean. Oh my God, that's uh, fascist speak. Literally, that's literally fa- fascist fucking language. Yeah, uh, he's using it this in this instance to talk about um, unhoused people, but that language has been used for for Jewish people, for Black people, mm. for Mexicans, for, for Asian Americans. The way I look at the mayoral race. Um, it seems like it's Rick Caruso versus uh, Karen Bass, yes. and maybe Kevin DeLeon. Like he's Fine. done, he's done pretty well in some of these debates. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. And due to uh, the circumstances of the debate and just them being on the stage, it's allowed KDL and Karen to position themselves as quote unquote progressive. Right. And but but I think that Kevin's quote-unquote success at these debates is because Karen doesn't seem to know how to win this thing. She thinks that she seems to think if I do the Biden thing in L.A., I'll win. Yeah. But L.A. isn't like the USA, and Caruso isn't Trump. I think Biden was lucky that he was up, up against Trump because Trump was such a loose yeah, cannon yeah. and so foolish and made so many unforced errors Whereas Caruso's just a rich guy being a rich guy. Yeah. I don't think he's other than <laughs> deep clean. Yeah. But but that but that works for the people who are gonna vote for him. Yeah, he's try he's trying to. He's also inundating fucking Angelinos with ads. He's spent mil- he's already spent millions of dollars on ads. And and to Karen's defense, if she says defund the police, she's doomed, right? Um, not necessarily because, Do you, you think know, the majority of Los Angeles well, yeah. would take that the right yeah, way? Let's, let, let's, let's break down what we saw in the 2020 election in Los Angeles. Measure J passed at the county level, which was to, to invest 10% of the county funds into... But, but, but that's different though, because I don't think as somebody who studied English in school, words matter. And I think defund just sends the wrong message. Nithya, Nithya was a supporter of the People's Budget LA uh, platform, which was explicitly defund the police. Um, 
you know, there's there's examples across the country like Corey Bush and Adira Shoemaker in, in Iowa that running on a defund platform does work. And also in Los Angeles, um, you know, we've seen widely popular candidates like uh, Kenneth Mejia, who doesn't take a a position on policing, but simply just uh, reports and uh, posts about the numbers of LAPD. He's he's got a very successful and popular campaign. He's so successful. I feel like if he ran for mayor right now, he'd win. That would be amazing. That 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 Crusoe would not see what's coming. He would see a Pikachu and, <laughs> and blow it off. Yeah. But that means a tsunami. Yeah. Kenneth's good. Yeah. I've never. I've never Shout out uh, Kenneth's campaign manager, James. For controller. Too. Yeah. When have you ever seen a controller race like. Matter. This. Yeah. Like th- this so much in your face. And he's smiling or he's. Doing TikToks. Or he's, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But and meanwhile, it seems like the mayoral candidates are are bungling each of them. Yeah. And and I did not expect this out of Karen Bass. So, what advice would you give to her with that's not pushing her boundaries too much? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, Karen Bass tells the press that her public safety plan uh, won't increase the police budget. She is twisting the English language. She is saying that her public safety plan does not explicitly state that the police budget will go up. Her public safety plan does include different programs and policies and platforms that will certainly increase the police budget. So she's saying that she wants to hire 300 more officers. That's going to increase the police budget. She says she wants to hire uh, X amount of civilians to, to get into like the, the office jobs at LAPD. That's going to increase the police budget. Budgets are finite things, and the cops certainly aren't going to give up uh, what they have in the current budget um, it, to, to make room for other salary. You know, she should uh, work out with her consultants, her talking points, uh, if she wants to become mayor of Los Angeles. Should she be concerned with the, I'll call you guys the extreme left? <laughs> we're not, come on, we're not the extreme left. Who's the extreme left, if there, not you? Uh, I don't know if there is an extreme well, left. Well, then it's you. Okay, that's, that's, <laughs> that's fine, but, you know, when they... But, but my question is, should she concern yourself with your organization and the people who support you? Well... Because her advisors might be saying they're only 5% of LA. Don't sweat it. They're going to yell. They're going to, but, but we've got the LA times calling them idiots. You don't have to. Well, you know, I I'm saying this as, as a white man, but the people city council is a, a BIPOC led group. We work in coalition with uh, black lives matter LA and people's budget LA. And we work closely with a, lo- a lot of folks. And so, you know, it's more than 5%. Well, also, you know, they can dismiss what I'm saying as a white man, whatever, you know, uh, criticizing a, a black woman who um, has a lot of service in, in government, right? You know, you can say whatever you want about voting, but when people's material conditions aren't being met, uh, they're going to be fucking pissed. And we're seeing that right now, right? And L.A. for a long time has had low um, political engagement. So that's another, another thing about calling us idiot protesters, that really upsets me. L.A. has known for like this laissez-faire government, not, not a lot of people paying attention. So now you have a, a, a 
large group of people that are paying attention. And, and we, and the people in that room, the people that we work with can talk about the intricacies of different issues, right? And you are, are somehow using that against us and, and calling us idiot protesters when, you know, a lot of what we do is political education, you know, uh, informing people uh, uh, or helping, um, you know, accentuate or, or verbalize what people are seeing and feeling in Los Angeles, right? Um, and so, you know, they can dismiss us all they want, uh, but, you know, they keep fucking around and, and they'll eventually are going to find out, you know, like, uh, <laughs> there's a, there's an eviction moratorium cliff coming that we, we might see tens of thousand people, uh, lo lose their homes and end up on the streets. Um, what do you think things are going to be like in Los Angeles? Then people are going to be pissed. Like people are already upset. It, plus who's going to pull them out? Yeah. It's, isn't the sheriff? The, the people that pull yeah. them out of the... Yes. So yes. here you have these people who are being accused of being in a gang. Yep. The sheriff himself doesn't even want to uh, testify under oath that these people are not in gangs. It's going to be national news. The Lord knows the GOP, the national GOP, is going to say, look at LA. Yeah, Just Democrats, like they did yeah. during the summer with the tents. And who wants to be mayor for that? Yeah, no, it's a... So, so on your website, on um, uh, the People Council uh, website, you say no rent. Yeah, yeah. What does well, that mean? Well, uh, you know, the city should pay everybody's rent. Um, well, the no rent was specifically uh, f during the uh, emergency order. Okay. Um, so that'll be coming we, off the website we, soon. No, I mean, we, and, you know, that's that is a further discussion about rent and, and, and property and capital, but specifically for um, the pandemic, we were saying that there should be no rent, so rent freeze, so rent, no rent collection. Um, was there any politician in LA that, was Nithia? Because I've got a poster of Nithia next to Bernie in, yeah. in, my, in my laundry room, because... I love Bernie and I've actually interviewed Nithya and I thought she was the future of LA politicians. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, she seems to be the most progressive of yeah. most. And Bonin, Mike Bonin, which who resigned. Yeah. Right? He's, yeah. He's leaving. So of, of the ones who are still in there, she's the one. Yeah. And yet I haven't heard anything from her lately. The only time I've even seen her name on Twitter is when Will gives her shit. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to her? Did LA just beat her down? Um, yeah, I, th I think once you get into the inner workings of government and the establishment that, you know, there are certain things that just kind of take, take over and you, you'll have to sacrifice if you want to uh, make friends with Nuri Martinez, you know. Um, Nithya is like a decent uh, progressive. She's a she's a rad lib. She's not like a radical or anything, but and she's done like some decent stuff. She's had a lot of bad votes that that we've criticized her, but you know, she's not she's not a radical. So she's not going to go in and, and uh, cause a flurry in uh, L.A. City Council, right? She she's a very nice person. She and she's very kind and like uh, smart and you know, uh, that's just not her style. So she went in and, um, you know, she 
trying to be friends with Nuri Martinez. Nuri Martinez is a, you know, a landlord and a very conservative uh, uh, um, council president. And so obviously, like, I mean, Nithia voted to increase the police budget. And um, we had issues with that. But but I I think that was also political. I don't think her heart was in that vote. A lot of times politicians yeah, yeah. have to ha- just have to do it just to get people off their back. Right? right, right. But it it was a fifteen o thing. It's like that is like, man. As we fight so much, we put in another thing that upsets me about the idiot protesters thing. We call into council meetings. We write emails. We try to meet with the council members. We try to go through this quote unquote democratic process. Right. And they still just give more money to the cops. Even even after summer 2020, so many people calling in, hitting the streets, they still give more money to the cops, right? So a, a vote against the police uh, uh, budget would have been a nice sign to us, right? But then, um, you know, I just think that there are political trade-offs, you know, I, I think Nithya has done a great job with homelessness in her district, and but you know, let's let's wrap up our political discussion yes. with with one more thing about homelessness. Okay, uh, Project Room Key Heart was in the right place, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think. So. Uh, I also agree with you, though. You can't give me a bedtime lights out. These are adults. These are yeah. adults that are down on their luck, who might not have. I mean. So we, I mean, I, I, I pushed you back a little about your ableist thing, which is kind of a woke terminology. Potentially. But, disabled people are, feel different ways, though. I understand. I but, don't dismiss what they say. I'm, I'm just saying in, in the vernacular of wokeness. Sure, sure. That's in there, and guys from Chicago are going to be like, what the fuck? But, Maybe. But along those lines of wokeness, not everybody's a nine-to-five person. Yeah. And so... I'm sorry that you want me to be asleep at 9 p.m. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. They're adults. They right. should have free will. Do I, get, do I get the room or am I sleeping in the park? Right. What do you want? Isn't that how politicians should be viewing Project Room Key? Oh, yeah. Give them the room. Yeah. Give them the key. You've got all this money from the feds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reimbursable, but yes. So get some security, get some, I mean, yeah, that, that's a yeah. good paying job, security right. of, of, of a hotel like that or several hotels, and just let the people be. If they cause a commotion, fine, then, then, then that's that. But if they want to come home at 3 o'clock in the morning, yeah, what's, what's the big whoop? Yeah, and this also goes like um, from the position of activists. We are coming from a moral perspective, right? If you look at the, and we're, we're also coming from a fact-based perspective, if you look at the report done by the UCLA uh, Institute for Inequality that was recently released by Ananya Roy about EPL, uh, Echo Park Lake, it found that more uh, of the, out of the 180 or so people that were displaced from Echo Park, more people ended up dying than, mm. than fa- finding permanent housing. Mm. And also in that report, it found that more people overdosed on drugs um, in the Project Room Key rooms. And that, and so it just kind of goes from what we're hearing about these conditions not being sufficient. And listening 
and just viewing the, the actual statistics and the facts and what unhoused people are saying, like literally the, we're, we're seeing how those type of conditions don't help. What's the solution then? Do you, do you guys have a solution yet? Is there one? Housing for all. But what does that look like? Um, well, there are about like 90,000 vacant uh, units in the city of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. There are like 45,000 unhoused people. But a lot of these are like luxury apartment buildings. Sure, that the that the city has given tax breaks to, or the city has used eminent domain in some certain way. Oh, and the city owns some of these skyscraper. No, but I'm I meant to say the city can use eminent domain in a certain in a in a certain way, and you know when we talk about reimagining things and just the current government is just like, oh, we can't do anything, right? But we don't have a vacancy tax in Los Angeles. So landlords can keep units wide open, right? And sure, like, I I don't, like, I think we do need to build more housing, maybe, like, I'm not not super well-versed on that, but there are fucking hella open uh, units, and uh, who do, and obviously, we prioritize the land-owning class in Los Angeles, and, uh, like, again, being a super conservative governing body, uh, our elected officials don't want to cross their, their class lines and help out poor and working class people. Yeah. And so, you know. Uh, but, but demonizing them gets them in office. Yeah. Demonizing uh, them as police gets you higher budgets. Yes. Because there's these tents, you have to give us more money so that we can protect you from these people. Yeah. Okay, so let's switch over to Mid-City. Do you like living in Mid-City? I do. Uh, it's like a middle, middle ground, you know, towards the beach, towards downtown, towards West Hollywood. Uh, you got the, the Expo line that goes, goes from Santa Monica to downtown. Great line. Yeah, no, it's, it's seriously super easy uh, to use it, you know, going in either direction. Um, and yeah, I, I think it, it's good living in a rent controlled apartment. Uh, it's the best. yeah, it's the, the best. best. Yeah. Uh, what made you move to mid city? Um, I, you were living right, on the West side is what it sounds like. Well, I had, uh, lived in like Santa Monica area and then I'm lived in Long Beach for four years. I went to Compton college and then Dominguez Hill. So I lived in Long Beach during that time. And then I moved back to go to law school I was living in like Westwood area and I graduated from law school and then moved to mid city. Yeah. You know, it was a uh, great, great price. And you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm an anti-capitalist and so I don't sell my soul for money. And so, you know, I, I, had, I don't make a, a whole bunch of money. I make enough to live, but having a rent control department help, helps me, uh, you know, live, live that basic. You're going to be making plenty of money soon. And, uh, by the way, the People's Council, People's City Council, has a GoFundMe, and you guys raised $2.5 million. Yes. What, what, why did people give it to you, and under what terms? It was a, it was a wild situation that, that happened by a, uh, accident. 
And so before the uprising, my kind of accident. Yeah, right. And we we actually shut that down, shut that GoFundMe down after like uh, two weeks or so because it was just it kept raising money. We're like, oh my god, we have to stop this, and like uh, because you know that's a lot of money. Um, <laughs> it but like yeah. So in in 2020, we had been doing like these car protests, and uh, some people happened to get like these tickets from LAPD uh, for like honking or, or and stuff like that. So we started this GoFundMe in like April 2020. We're like, if you come to one of these actions, you get a ticket, we'll pay for it through this fund. And then, um, you know, George Floyd happened and we hit the streets. And I think it was like Thursday night. Uh, we were like, okay, like we're going to put like this, this GoFundMe out uh and like if people need uh you know bail money or they need ri- like rides or we need um like gear like protest gear and things like that and you know we, we said all like of gas that. masks and stuff yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and gloves and things like that we didn't get like uh gas masks but we did get masks and, and uh goggles and gloves and helmets and things like that and so we put it out there on that Thursday, and people got arrested um, like Thursday and Friday night, and then Saturday was the third in Fairfax uh, uh, LAPD. Were, you, were riot. you there for that? Yeah, you you never seen the, um, the I don't, of me? I don't know. This was the one where Mendocino Farms parking lot. Yeah. Um, this cop was just hauling like he was he was swinging his baton like he was. Albert Pujols, that's you? Yeah. You got the goggles on. Yeah. You're being arrested here is what yeah, it looks it was, like. I was one of the first arrests uh, at 3rd and Fairfax that day. Wow. There's six cops in riot gear around you. You're on your back, all dressed in black. Yeah, Antifa. Is it, do you, do you uh, uh, what's the word? Do you identify as Antifa? Uh, well, I'm an anti-fascist. There, there's no such so you know there's no such thing as capital A Antifa right there's there's no organization called Antifa. But the point of decentralized yes. oh, yeah, Bitcoin of Black Lives Matter and Antifa is is kind of socialism. Uh, yeah, is sure. we are a group. We don't need a fucking leader. We have an ideal, and the ideal for anti-fascism is pretty clear. Yeah, as is Black Lives Matter. Yeah. As is Bitcoin. Sure, yeah. Which is, we're going to have money. Right? Decentralized. Yeah. Sure, it's an, it's an ideology, just like capitalism is an ideology heavily That's embedded. Right. In so a- would you say that Antifa and Black Lives Matter and Bitcoin are all kind of in that same ballpark, or am I just being crazy? Well, there's no such thing as Antifa. Uh, you know. <laughs> what? There's no such thing as, a, as a, the organization. As the group. There's no group called Antifa. In Portland, people have patches that identify themselves. Yeah, this this is a this is like an anti-fascist flag. It's a it's it's black. It's a big black flag with a little red flag underneath it, and it says "Live, Laugh, Love," yeah. which I think is being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's there are people. You're teaching me something. Yeah, I'm, I'm an ignorant man. I, I yeah yeah. I've never met an anti. Anti-fascist. I'm sure you've met plenty of anti-fascists. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm an anti-fascist. Yeah, I subscribe to the ideology. Um, You know, 
LAPD officers, uh, the, some heads of LAPD has have told reporters that I'm a member of Antifa, and that ha- and you have to question LAPD uh, uh, their credibility after saying I'm a member of Antifa, which is a made up organization. You're like, where's my card? Yeah, seriously. Where's my membership card? Exactly. Um, but wouldn't they say when you say Google LASD gangs, you're saying the same thing about them? What do you mean? That they would say, well, you're accusing us of being in an in a organization, and you don't really have proof. No, there's and, plenty of proof. And you would say, then show us your tattoos. Yeah. And they would say, your black clothes are your tattoo. You are trying to identify as this. Potentially, but there has been like $80 million in civil lawsuits against the sheriff's department where deputy gangs are referenced. And you would would probably welcome testifying under oath if you're not in Antifa. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And so they could say, well, all right, fine. But if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, and you'd say, but I'm not a duck. They're just making stuff up. A man can wear black clothes. Yeah. And have a L.A. cab hat on and this live, laugh, love shirt. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I'm this illegal fantasy fictional group that you're accusing me of. Is that what you'd say? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, um, just because people dress up in black block, which is, you know, the all black clothing, that doesn't that doesn't mean anything. When you were wearing it that day, what did it mean? It meant that, you know, I'm trying to, um, you know, the way that the cops surveil us and the way that they are capturing, um, you know, footage not only on their own, but going through social media and things like that, looking for any identifying features, um, you know, it's easiest to not wear something that, you know, will make you stand out or something like that because uh, just ser- simply for security reasons, it's like, it's really not that um, difficult of a concept, you know? Because your fear is if they identify you as people's counsel, they will unfairly approach you. Well... Even if you're not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. They're going to try to take, take you out because they see you as a leader, therefore a threat. Yeah, so that, that day that I got arrested... Um, I I was on Instagram Live, like literally while I got arrested. Right by the Trader Joe's. So it's like me holding my camera. I'm about to say like, okay, let's go. I got tackled by two cops, dragged out into the street, and punched by one of them. And why did why did you want to leave? You you saw that? It, oh my god! It was coming down. Oh my god! It was for like hours, bro. They were fucking whooping our ass for hours at that at that juncture. Like I I have been out in the streets a long time now, and I have never seen the look on the faces of those cops on May thirtieth. They wanted to fuck us up that day. And they it was f- wild. And they felt like they had permission that day. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Like so unlike the cop on Venice Beach who was like I want to kick his ass. 
but I can't. These guys were like, we can. Um, what gave them that permission? I don't know. I feel like it had been a while uh, since they had this kind of large uh, group of people. And, and so they, they ended up cutting. There was so many people, like fucking like 50,000 people, maybe 30,000, however much. And LAPD ended up like cutting the group in half. So we got separated. And I didn't even know they were at that location until I looked at Kendrick Sampson's Instagram live. And I was like, oh, my God, we got to go back. But but had the police been attacked in any way? Were there bottles no. being thrown? Were they, it, it, later, cop cars were set on fire. Yeah. Because they had abandoned their cars to go chase after groups of people. But when you were being attacked then and you saw the, the violence in their eyes, what gave them that permission to they, call us? Uh, it had, it, I think it had just been a while since they dealt with a crowd of that uh, stature, that, that big of a crowd. And I think that um, Chief Moore like just said, go ahead and fucking crack some skulls. And think about it. This was like two days, three days after George Floyd. So we were seeing uprisings all around the country. We were seeing burning of precincts and cops all around the country and, you know, not specific to LA, but they were feeling offended. They were attacked. They were feeling like they were being attacked, right? Well, they were. The, you were saying defund. Yeah. You were saying cops need to stop doing this to people. No, no more police violence. George Floyd got killed by a cop. Yeah. I mean, you weren't physically attacking right. the police, but they were the target of they the were protest. The tar- they were targeted the protest, but when we talk about violence, there's only one side that's violent. It has been that way for a while. They, the police kill with impunity. A cop hasn't been charged with murder in Los Angeles for over 20 years. That's like almost a 1,000 people that have been killed by the cops, right? So when we talk about violence, like the state, the state has a, a monopoly on violence, right? Like they, they literally, they're the only ones that really get to, to carry out violence with impunity. Um, and so like it's just the way that activists get that activists get framed right it's just like so troubling because the cops are this fucking evil group that 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 uh can kill with impunity they take up so much of our 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 budget like this the funds where we say you know we can invest in mental health right we can invest in services we can invest in public bathrooms well that's because we spend so much fucking money on the cops right like budgets are finite things so here it is almost six o'clock They've already spent a couple million. Yeah, oh, they've already near, spent more than what you've raised in the lifetime of of your GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and that's ridiculous, right? Like that's what we're up against. Literally, you have to think about that that kind of number. Like that is what we're up against, and you and that's a number that Karen Bass doesn't want to let go of because she thinks that she that she cannot get elected by saying you don't need. Eight million dollars. Well, because you're also talking about the sheriff too, right? No. Well, in separately, the sheriff also has a similar oh, budget. Oh, three point four billion dollar budget. Yeah. So the a little bit bigger than LAPD. Right. Yeah. So that's it's ridiculous. So much tax dollars are going and to these two organizations. Ninety percent of LAPD officers don't live in the city of Los Angeles. That's got to change, right? Well, I I mean, sure that that they can make that change, but we talk about who she's going for for voters. Like these dudes don't even these people don't even live. They're not in even gonna vote the for city. her. City, yeah, right. They're fucking all the way out in uh, 
whatever, wherever the fucking Neo. Well, Nazis some are. of them are in Idaho. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like literally in Idaho. Mm-hmm. We are we we are in our hearts, you and I, hippies. And so we don't want to tell a homeless guy his bedtime. And we really don't want to tell a cop that he has to live in L.A. Yeah. But of the two, it's probably better for the city if the cop lives in this city. Why do you say that? Because if I... Okay. If I had to police Orange County and I lived in Hollywood, I would look at Orange County as work. A negative thing. And all the crime that I saw in Orange County, I would say, I'm so glad I don't live there. And I parachute in, and then I smoke my weed in Hollywood, and I talk to my Hollywood friends about how fucked up Orange County is. Yeah. And they're like, but you're a hero, Tony. (laughs) You're going down there, and you're you're saving old ladies. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas if I lived in Anaheim... On my days off, I actually saw Anaheim for what it was, and on the weekends, I go down to Newport, and I see Newport for what it is. I think psychologically, I would have a different take about Orange County if I actually fucking lived there. Yeah. No, am I, I, am I, I crazy to th- no, look no, at no, it I, this way? That is, that's like a reasonable expectation. That you're like, you, I agree with you. <laughs> okay. But... Um, you know, people say whatever, but this is why we say reform doesn't work, right? Because the system is is set up to operate this way, right? Like all of the fucking neo Nazis, like Jamie McBride, live all forty five minutes away in, in their little cul de sac. It didn't just turn to be ninety percent of LAPD officers yesterday are out of the city, right? It's been this way for a long time, and like I do think reasonably, you are correct. A hundred percent. But like the cops don't want to be reformed. Um, they, the, the systems that enable policing, like the, the current government structure in Los Angeles, they don't really want to reform too much. The, there's this thing called community policing where LAPD embeds officers in communities to build informants, to build snitches, within community members, it, within youth in, in high school, and they do it under the guise of building quote-unquote community, right? But what they're doing is creating a community of surveillance, and they're also, um, by nature, criminalizing this community when you go in with the assumption that, like, they need to fix this community. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so... It's kind of just the whole infrastructure of policing. It is it in every neighborhood. Uh, community policing isn't isn't in every neighborhood, but it is in majority black and brown neighborhoods, right? Oh, it's so a, it's racist. Yes, uh, it's, 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 <laughs> it is a it is a, a police program. So well, yes, then, then fuck it. Yeah, if it's everywhere, if in Brentwood there's narcs, fine. Yeah, no, because when Caruso says. Nobody in L.A. feels safe outside. I feel like he's projecting, and I feel like he's speaking from a Brentwood person. For sure. And so if he feels unsafe in Brentwood, 
let's put some community people in there to find out what the fuck is going on with Brentwood. Yes. Yes. And like, no, but seriously, uh, no, I'm, I am being serious. Are you telling me that there's no crime happening there? There's no, that's what I they mean, act like. when, when, uh, it's a good example of definition of crime. Right. Well, when, uh, the PPP loans were, were stolen yes, and exactly. people were buying Lamborghinis. Yes. It wasn't in South LA that they were driving Lamborghinis. Can you have good cops? No. Well, it depends on like what your question will like. Did you watch Watchmen on HBO? I don't watch Copaganda. You you consider Watchmen Copaganda? I don't watch literally. My they were par- black cops. My my partner and I will literally turn stuff off if we realize that like this is like a cop movie. We don't fuck with Copaganda, bro. It's so infiltrated in our system. It's gross. Like it's seriously so gross. And so we say it's unfair to like project, right? Well, during the pandemic, you saw mutual aid happening with unhoused people, right? Yes. Who was providing that mutual aid? The extreme left. The extreme left, right? <laughs> when fucking, you know. Big time. In the night, in the cold, in the yes. rain. Yes. Big time. Yes. Which I also think is part of liberalism. Uh, it had liberalism is uh, wider. It has it has tenets to it. Yeah. So sure, yes. Yeah. Like and, and 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 I hate to say it, but I I think that that's what Christianity is all about, and a lot of these religions are about, but especially Christianity. And I bring it up because I feel like only one party embraces being a Christian. Being a Christian. And they're not the ones out there giving mutual aid. Did I piss you off? With no, this? I went to Catholic school for eight years, <laughs> and like they fucking considered me the devil. Like they considered me like so bad. I was are you are you shocked with this? No, but I'm a, I'm a kid. I was just a normal kid with. Uh, Were you this kid? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been this way my entire life. What posters were on your wall? Oh well, I was I was a big sports fan growing up, but you know. So Tom Brady. I like Tom Brady, but my favorite player of all time, Allen Iverson. The answer. Yes. AI was my guy. Rocked headbands like him, wore number three like him. Got you, you weren't a Celtics fan? Uh, no. And so, yeah, no, this is a whole, this will, this, this, the sports <laughs> conversation will take fucking two hours, Tony. Uh, I don't blame Bo- you, though. Boston fan, Boston teams weren't good in the 90s. Yeah. And so when I was growing up, so I was like, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to root for Antoine Walker. You know what I mean? And Allen Iverson, you know, he was awesome. And like, I was just, I was so. But, uh, but also, I can, because you're kind of built the way that I am. We're not the biggest guy on the court. Allen was the littlest guy in the court, but not Muggsy Bogues little. Right. He could drive the lane and, and fuck shit up. He, he had no problem with his elbows. He had the, the long sleeves on his arm because he was getting hacked all the time. I, and I, I wore a sleeve as a kid. You wanted to tell me about some of your favorite spots in Koreatown. Yes. And even though this is about neighborhoods, neighborhoods are connected to other neighborhoods. Yes. And we, we like to venture out of our neighborhood from time to time. You venture out to K-Town. What do you eat when you go over well, there? Well, I want to first give out a, a shout out to My Two Cents, which is a, a soul food spot on Pico in Mid-City. Well, I, wh- what? Yes. It's called My Two Cents? Yes. 
I love soul food. Yeah, there's like three soul food spots or southern uh, soul food slash southern spots on Pico in this little sh- uh, stretch. My two cents. Yeah, and and there's another one that's like it has like an explicit name of like southern fried chicken or so, so, something like that. I'll get the name for you after. On Pico. On Pico. Near what? Near Roscoe's. It's on the oh, other side. Oh, over by there. On the other side of the street from Roscoe's. Oh. Yeah. So it's on Smart. the it's on the north side. Because Roscoe's always has a huge line. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, there's so there's yeah, so there's good soul food spots over there that we um the gumbo is fire if you go to um it, it's the basic name spot. Yeah. Um yeah, so that that's like that's that's some good good okay. food. Um I feel like that that area over there has lots of great food. It does. Taco trucks that are great. Oh man. Taco truck, that's the best part about living in L.A. Isn't it? The number one part. Of, you go to any taco truck, and you're going to get a good taco, right? No yeah. matter what, get a good taco. Sometimes you're surprised and, like, get the fucking best taco of all time, right? <laughs> uh, the, like, taco trucks are amazing. Plus, I'm, like, a huge stoner, so, like, I'm always I'm always <laughs> snacking. Like, I'm always trying to – I'm always snacking. We're always trying to find, like, new spots to try. Yes. Um, but there's this stretch on in K-Town. Um, it's, like, 6th. Uh, sixth goes that way. It's like sixth and uh, like western, basically mm-hmm. sixth and western to Vermont. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a stretch in there. Uh, Super dense. Yeah. Lots of lots of storefronts. Lots of options. Have you eaten around there? Before? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. So Dan Sung Sa. I don't know any of these names. I just I also get a little baked and I'll just yeah. roam. Hell yeah. And. As you can see, I'm a, I'm a kind of a friendly person yeah. to strangers. I'll just ask, what's good? Yeah. And they'll point me. One Around there, there's like a weird parking lot that was inside of a place. Mm-hmm. And they were, uh, people were lining up for cotton candy. Oh, like a cotton candy dessert. I don't treat. know about that. Me neither. Uh, yeah, no. Was... But, but that's what I love about K-Town. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is, is maybe if you're Korean, you know what's up. But if you're just roaming, I mean, they're friendly people too. So maybe people's council should also have a little page just on approved food spots. Oh, yeah. Well, we do have a good thread on uh, food trucks in Los Angeles. Where I put out, I was like, yo, what's your, what's your favorite food truck in Los Angeles? We got like 90 replies. So that You know, let, let, let's wrap up with that then, the Twitter uh, part. Okay. Is, is people's uh, city council responsible for these uh, uh, Google LASD um graphic designs that i see that are parodies of everything really yeah is that you guys do you guys uh well yeah take credit for that of course it's inspired by cerise castle's reporting on lasd gangs you can find that lasdgangs.com uh hosted on knock um so yeah cerise put that um <laughs> series out and someone tagged google lasd gangs um on on a wall but, but I'm asking. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm the getting artwork. It. Yes, yes, yes. No, I was getting to it. Okay. So we someone tagged it and we posted about the tag, right? And it blew up. And I was like, okay, so maybe something's there. And you know, we're always trying to think about different ways of how to infiltrate the media. Um, and one of the ways is called the tournament. The tournament is using uh, symbols that are that are in culture already that are familiar to us, um, and putting a twist on it. And so that's a lot of what we do. And when you think about it, capitalism 
uh, everyone is trying to maximize their earnings, right? So when it comes down to logos, a lot of effort and time usually goes into those logos, right? <laughs> and so it's the same thing if you're trying to build a restaurant on a street, if you're Burger King and McDonald's has already got a spot there, like, oh, well, McDonald's, you know, they, they do well. We'll just put a, a – they know what's going on. We'll put a restaurant over there. It's the same thing, like – there's a bunch of stuff that are familiar in our psyche and people have a visceral reaction to these graphics and memes because it makes you think about it but all and it's portraying a, a message and so it's uh yeah the people city council but inspired by cerise and just inspired by the families and communities that are impacted by sheriff's violence you know we work very closely with the check the sheriff coalition and um but i would say that the 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 satire behind these um parodies i'll call them humor sometimes works way better than being in your face yeah i mean i'm so glad that you explained the confrontation you had in venice beach because that kind of turned me off to you i i didn't know who you were and i was like well this isn't right because the cop can't hit him yeah this is unfair. Yeah. Un I want fair I want a fair fight. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Exactly. Me too. And so so I'm glad you explained that. But the the parody of Guns N' Roses, the Clippers saying Google LSD, the Google one is fucking great. Like yeah. the, the quality. As somebody who, who aspires to be that good at graphic arts. Oh it's, yeah. It's we really have an amazing quality. we have an amazing graphic designer. And and I think the message gets out there. Yeah. I think people do Google it. Oh, 100%. And Cerise's comes up as number one, uh, Number right? one, yeah, yeah. And so then people learn about yeah. it. Yeah. And you guys are incredible on Twitter when you go off on Google this stuff. You also go crazy when um, news organizations say officer-involved shooting. Yeah. And what do you guys say? Well— What's, your, what's the common reply? Uh, how was the officer involved? <laughs> right. And now, obviously, you working in uh, journalism for so long, like, what the that kind of use of language is it used elsewhere, like to describe other stuff? It, it's it's often. Well, the Associated Press said that they're not going to use it anymore. Um, the LA Times said that they weren't going to, even though they violated that. A few well, times. it's it's such a big organization yeah. that if you get a young kid who yeah. doesn't know, yeah, come on, Joel Rubin. Joel knows. Joel, I know. Joel's got to pass the message. Uh, I will give the tiniest bit of respect to Joel for uh, engaging with us yeah. publicly. Um, and I think that the LA Times hasn't had uh, redux of Officer Involved, the headline, since Joel publicly right. admitted to it. And that going back to the idiot protester thing, like we have to check the LA Times all the time uh, on the information. LA Times can't accurately report the fucking LAPD budget. And you call us the far left, extreme left, and they call us <laughs> idiot protesters, but we go through the budget packet from the mayor, and on page 174 of last year's mayor's budget, look at you go, is a breakdown uh, $3 billion of. LAPD budget, you know? And so when they call us idiots, like, yo, you guys can report basic fucking facts. So here's, here's, I, I'm a solution based man. Yes. I want you guys to hold a mayoral debate. Would you like that? We, we would. We, you'd be the host, you'd be the moderator. Yeah. 
And the rules would be when you ask a question, they've got time to answer and they won't be interrupted. But it's your questions. Yeah. They'd never agree to this, whatever. Right, right, exactly. But, but, but I don't see any middle ground. If, if you're not at the table, you're going to act a fool, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it depends. Okay, so that's, so that's the debates. With the LA Times, I want you guys to be friends because, well, they're the only newspaper. I worked there 10 years ago. I don't know a lot of the people who are there, but I do know some. And the people who are there, who I know, are good people. And I even think that Erica was the right person for them to hire for that role. I would not have put idiot on the headline, and I, I, I stated yeah. that on Twitter, yeah. because it has no precedence. One thing I liked about the LA Times is they care about their own history. And if you're going to break it, it has to be for a dramatic reason. So whatever, we're nitpicking. But that word was such a strong yeah. word yeah. that it can do damage to the reputation. Yeah. <laughs> Of the person. I think Erica is probably more damaged by that than the paper is. I don't think it lost any subscribers. Not very. Some, but uh, yeah. But, but that's okay. So I would like for you personally to be able to meet with the editorial board. Yeah. Have you tried to do that before? I, uh, I personally have not, no. Um, is that something you're interested in? Sure, sure. But what... Uh... For for what what like what would the conversation bring? You know. Well, I would say. Would you guys like to apologize privately, for your paper calling protesters idiots? Yeah. Would you have said that to John Lewis? Would you have said that to MLK? Is yeah. it because I'm white that I'm an idiot? Is it like like? Can we just agree behind closed doors that that was fucked up? Yeah. Yeah. And that you're sorry. Yeah. Okay, so that's the one thing I would like from that meeting. Yeah. Number two, you're going to use us as sources. Can we have a little respect when we do act a fool? Because just like the Black Lives Matter people had, there's not a way to protest that is going to... Appease everyone. Right. The purpose of protesting is to make things uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And so... Yeah. We're doing what is historically part of the deal. Right. So can you give us a fucking break on that? Yeah, yeah. Especially when reporters from the LA Times, you know, not only use me and other people in that room as sources, they, uh, when they, re when one reporter was reporting on a crime story, you know, reached out and was like, wow, like, you calling attention to this uh, made me look into this part of it, you know? And it's like, okay, good. Like, I'm glad more journalists should do that, right? Actually dig for those facts. And, um, and like, so that happens, but then also, like, using idiot protesters very strong. And they you called unhoused people who objected to a community conversation about homelessness that didn't include anyone with lived experience. They were objecting to the conditions that the state puts them through and you call them idiots. Why, why are you doing that? Like what? That's fucking rude. That's nasty. Yeah. You know, like these, these are the most marginalized people. They, they were black unhoused people 
in that room. So those are the most marginalized people in the city voicing their opinion about the conversation and also the conditions in Los Angeles. And you call them idiots. Why did you like that's like, well, and I don't want to take words away from people. So can we expect you to call the anti-vaxxers, the anti-maskers, the, 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 the election steal people? Yeah. Can we expect you to call them idiots? Because those people Have are actually those people are actually putting people's lives in danger. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but a homeless guy saying, "Where's the homeless people here?" No. That's actually a valid question. That right. one. Right. The last thing that I would ask, yes. if I was you, with the uh, editorial board, can you hire Cerise and or Lexus? Yes. Why not both? Because. You do have an issue with um, minorities as reporters. And even though some people consider you, the LA Times, extreme left, <laughs> we know you ain't. Right. And not that those two are either. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it, it will move the needle a little. Yes. And maybe the LA Times right now needs the needle moved just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, uh, you know. So those are the things that I would ask if I was you. Yeah, yeah. If Cerise, Do you have Cerise, anything else on that list? That- well, if Cerise, if Cerise and Lexus uh, wanted me to advocate on their behalf, I, I would. You know, I would. It's okay. It's a hypothetical conversation. Lexus didn't ask me to to bird dog uh, yeah, the dear, city attorney. Yeah, yeah. Although if I did reach out to him on DM and I said, if this embarrasses you, puts you in a bad spot, let me know and I'll right, stop. Right. And he goes, it doesn't. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's because he didn't want to tell me what to do either. Right, right, of of course, and um, yeah. Well, wouldn't you wouldn't you appreciate the LA Times better if if either of them or both of them were writing for in the sure, paper? For sure, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, it, but it's also like a thing about would is the LA Times willing to accept that? You know, would 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 they be right? I'll tell you, the people that you might talk to might not have ever heard of them. Oh wow. So sometimes it's just planting the seed. Yeah, yeah. And and after a while, you'll be like, oh, just like you. I've seen you <laughs> on YouTube, and I never connected the dots. Yeah. I never thought, and, and obviously I follow the, the, the peoples on fucking yeah. Twitter, yeah. but I never connected the dots. It takes time sometimes for people, even people who are hyper-focused on right, it. Right, right, for sure. So it's just, ask for what you fucking want, dude. Yeah. Ask for what you want from people. You can scream it if you want to, but you don't always have to scream it. I, do, I don't, and uh, I don't always scream. You know, I'm very tactful with how I approach people. And if people need to be screamed at, they need to be screamed at. But, uh, you know, I've, I've embarrassed Eric Garcetti and David Rue by simply just asking them questions in a straight and direct way, you know? So. Uh, Isn't it weird that politicians don't like questions? They, they, it seems oh, like man. they just don't like them. Yeah, I'll send you the David Rue clip. Like, he turned into a just vote bot when I was talking to him. He's like, just vote, just vote. And these people are highly educated. They have some of the smartest people in the world around them. Yeah, it's an indictment of our education system. It's weird to me. Well, yeah, I mean... It's in... I wish I had their staffs around me. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing about how the city uses resources. That two million bucks. Yeah. Is it in the bank or is it gone? Have uh, you given it to the poor? Have like we a given, good Christian would? 
What's that? Have you given the money to the poor like a good Christian would? Oh, I thought you said Christian Wood, the uh, basketball player uh, from the Rockets. Um, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like Christian Christian Wood donated? Like, um, Do you guys have that money or have you already given it away? Yeah, a lot of it's already been donated. Okay. Publicly, like at least like a million and a half has been publicly stated. Like we've Good for you. Donated to like... Black Lives, like $500,000 to Black Lives Matter, a um, couple hundred thousand dollars to NLG, uh, money, a bunch of money to LA Can. We've donated to Street Watch. We've donated to other local, a bunch of other local groups. And we use that money for bail when people need it, like Will. Like when Mil- we found out. Oh, really? Out- yes. So you guys were the reason that Will was able to yes, bail out bailed, so fast. Yes, we bailed him and, out. And it shocked the cops. Yes. They gave him a $50,000 bail, yeah. whereas normally what would it have been? Man, people in L.A. right now are, are being released without bail. Like there's a no – for during the pandemic, there was a big no bail thing. Like right. people getting arrested for like misdemeanors. And stuff. Okay. So you've given away at least a million bucks. Yeah. So you yeah. still have some money in the bank. There's like some some money. Um, and you don't want any more? Are you afraid of putting the, the shingle out again? Well, we, we have like a separate GoFundMe. We just closed that one. That one um, – well, because I had to start a GoFundMe for my coach Shannon, and my name was on the other one, so oh. I had to, had to shut that one down. That one raised like fifty thousand. Good. Um, but yeah, it's so much money, um, and we like weren't expecting it. We had zero infrastructure. <laughs> we also raised it during the uprising, so you know we didn't want to use that money for like ourselves. You know, right. we it was raised because black people were hitting the streets because fucking cops were killing black people. God you bless know? you. So, God bless you. Well, no, it also it's like you know we. It would be wrong of us to spend that money in a way that was like... Well, you also have so many enemies that it would be an easy way for them to say, Aha! Right. We told you! Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, anytime anyone comes to us for help, like, we never turn people down. If it's someone a part of our community, we we always support them. That's why we were so ready to go help Will. Um, we have saying, you know, we keep us safe. Oh yeah. For, so for Will, did you just pay the whole 50 grand? No, we paid 10% to the bail bondsman. Okay. Yeah. And then when they dropped the charges, the bail bondsman recovers, gets the money so where we were out. And everything's five. cool. I feel Will is so popular. Remember when he floated the idea that he was going to get an apartment that overlooked the parking lot of the <laughs> yeah, Hollywood yeah, police? Yeah. I feel like he's so popular. If he just put out a GoFundMe. Oh yeah. He would have a year's rent. <laughs> rent free right yeah no yeah. problem yeah well he does a tremendous public service i feel i honestly do feel safer in hollywood because of him well also like yo you have to imagine like will is in one district of 15 districts in los angeles i've been with him multiple times and i've seen literally the same fucking thing we walk up four black young black kids up against the wall, hands behind their back, sometimes handcuffed. Like, that, and you, though, these videos from Will keep coming, the same thing. Uh, how, and, but you have to wonder how often does that happen across the city? But, but when Will shows up, yeah, things change. They suddenly become unhandcuffed. Yeah. And they move along. Well, that goes for a lot of cop watchers, and it should encourage people to go out there, especially white people. That's the bare minimum that you could do is watch stops. You don't have to get close to the stop. 
Um, you can be across the street, but fucking one, cops get scared of fucking white people filming them. They're like, oh, they're, oh no, they're about to get in trouble. Um, and two, they don't like being filmed, generally. And three, um, they're usually up to some fucking bullshit that they don't want to be filmed doing. Yo, I pull up, uh, every time I see a stop, and, and especially if I see it's a, it's a black or brown person, I pull over. And when I can, I'm not going to say every single time. When I have time and I'm out, I will pull over and I'll start filming. Literally last week in Beverly Hills, I'm on my way back from, from the doctor's office. Uh, in Beverly Hills, obviously, with the racist cops, Two, um, you know, construction workers were pulled over and seated on, seated on the curb, and the cops were going through their car. Yo, you can't just go through someone's uh, car without probable cause or an exception to probable cause. The cops don't know that, right? They don't know the exceptions. They're just so used to violating people's rights that it's, it's okay for them to just search the car. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe they do know, but they know that the victim doesn't know. Right, right. Or the victim is a black or brown person who doesn't want to fucking agitate the cops any further. That's right. Because uh, we see how often that goes. You know, and so I pull over, I start filming. They're go, they're riffing through this car, and they stop, talk, give the guy his ID back, and they send him on the way. Why did you search the car? Did you have probable cause that crime was afoot? No. Was there an, an exception? Well, maybe they got, got consent, right? But it, was it under undue influence? Did the person, like, know that, that they could say no? Like, oh, like, also, the cop saying, like, you know, can we search your car? And you're fucking nervous. And you're like, man, just, like, you know, don't take it out on me. If you want to search, go ahead. Um, you know, they just they just violate people's rights all the time, all the time. Where can people support the People's City Council? On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us. Um, we do a lot of work with the People's Budget LA Coalition, led by Black Lives Matter LA, um, with and the People's Budget Survey just went out. And so, also, sorry, I'm going to explain something real quick. The People's Budget LA in 2020, surveyed 27,000 Angelinos. So to your question about when Karen Bass and their consultants are saying we're a small percentage of the population, right? How many times has any uh, governing body or third-party entity uh, surveyed 27,000 Angelinos, right, and got their opinion on and anything, on anything, right? Because usually sample sizes are like five thousand. Oh, a thousand to five thousand, right? Yeah, Yeah. small sample size, right? We got twenty-seven thousand, and what that showed is that ninety-eight percent of people wanted to spend on things other than police, right? And so, when when you want to use polls to 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 argue your point, well, you can't dismiss the People's Budget LA survey results, right? And so, yeah, if you want to take the survey, you live in L.A. City, do that. We're also part of the Check the Sheriff Coalition. Uh, we're pushing the Charter Amendment for strengthening checks and balances against the sheriff and the sheriff's department. We know you're doing stuff. Yeah. But a lot of people have jobs. and they, they... I have a job. I have jobs. You're the leader of this thing. No, 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 no. We you're have... the leader of Antifa L.A. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. 
So yes. I'm just saying, if Joe Sixpack in um, Redondo Beach wants to show a little love, what's the best way that he can do that for you? Um, you know, just follow you on Twitter yeah, and retweet just, just your follow shit. Follow us and retweet and tell your family. Like we just do it as a public education thing, you know. Like uh, literally, like so. You, do you sell T-shirts? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll pop. Not <laughs> all the time. You guys are such hippies. Yeah, you don't want the money. Yeah, you don't. Do you sell these cool stickers? No, we give them out. You gave me some stickers. Yeah, I'm gonna give them to some people. We have so many to, to give out. <laughs> And uh, do you throw parties where you can get these stickers? We have a community space. Uh, it's called the Robinson Collective. There is an Antifa headquarters. Yes, exactly. And where's, the city, where's, where's this place? Uh, historic Filipino town. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, the city started construction outside of Alyssa uh, Walker. Shout out. Yeah, it's right by. She's Alyssa has been to the space a few times. It's a it's a collective space uh, that PCC is a part of with Lensco and Polo's Pantry. Who should they vote for for mayor? Gina Viola, vote for Gina for LA. Follow her online at Gina for LA. Doesn't she have like 2,000 followers on Twitter? Yeah. Is yeah. she going to win with 2,000 followers? Uh, um, Should we not worry about that? Should we just vote for who we want and forget about? Yeah, it's a primary. Is a vote, is a vote for her a vote for the billionaire? No, why? Why? Because uh, because they people would argue it's splitting the vote. That if you just vote for the black lady, then the black then the white man won't win. Sh- sure, um, and there's definitely that aspect, but there are plenty of black community leaders that have voiced their opposition to Karen Bass's public safety plan. Right. Um, a lot of black community leaders have called Karen Bass in um, to have those discussions. Um, and also, a lot of black community members have either endorsed or supported Gina's run for mayor, you know. But they don't follow her on Twitter. Who? I feel like if all these people are supporting her, why does she still only have like a couple thousand followers? Oh my God, bro. But what it, it, she, it just started like last month. <laughs> 2,000 followers since February. And she was at like 200 when she threw her hat in the ring, right? Zero. This is a brand new account. Okay. We it, we launched it the day my partner and I were going to Vegas, and Gina called us and Nicole from PCC. Yeah. And we got on a thing and we got the account set up. Is Gina ever going to be allowed to be in a debate? She should. Be. I know, but is she ever gonna? Well, she's going on Elix Michelson's show tomorrow on Fox. On Fox. How do you feel about him? Well, one works for Fox. <laughs> Um, and he I, had the TV show with Dr. Drew. Yeah, I had I had a real issue with Elix coming into our mentions and basically asking for a civil uh, discussion. Right. When he works for a white supremacist institution <laughs> that inspires the far right movement in this country. Yeah. Uh, I you know you have no grounds. All right. Right. It, is that the words that you used? I, no, I said, fuck you, there we uh, go. Elix. <laughs> well, because he's asking for respect, and, you know, we we have, a, you know, respectability politics, not our thing. You know, civility is also the tool of the oppressor. You know, they want us to be quiet. They don't want us to agitate. They don't want us to shake things up. And sometimes cursing can shake things up, right? And Elix 
you know, man, he works for Fox News, and you're trying to come at us. It doesn't make sense, man. You can sit this part of the conversation. His buddy, Bill fucking Mulligan? dickhead, uh, Bill Malugan. Sorry for swearing so much, Tony. I don't know if you're... Uh, I, 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 this is America, this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We, we use all the words. Right. Fuck shit. Uh, uh, so... Bill Bill made up the story about the LAPD officer with the tampon in his coffee. At Starbucks. Right. Yeah. And so, yo, Elix. And never apologized. Never. Never. So I don't mind if you made it, make it a mistake. Because when I first saw that picture, I was like, what the hell is that? And it wouldn't shock me if a Starbucks person did something to, to it. Yeah. Right. But once you see that it's, it's, it's not what you reported, own yeah. it. Own it. And Elix is best buddies with him. He's never publicly is said Is he best anything. buddies with him? Yeah, they, dude, you should you should see the clips of their... They play gigg- tennis together? They're, probably. They're all giggling and like, dude, they had Villanueva on one time. And they were all complimenting each other's muscles. It was like, Aye. you guys got a weird bro fest going. This is never going to all make it onto the yeah, podcast. Okay. Unless we do a fucking extra two, special two-parter two-hour yeah. two yeah, yeah. two-hour edition blue yeah just so review the tape and whatever richie richie yeah see i learned something today there you go richie god bless you be safe out there i really i i can say this i appreciate what you and your people are doing thank over, you over the at antifa yes antifa <laughs> antifa core yeah antifa core yeah, core LLC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I do appreciate it because um, activist spirit is alive and well. Uh, people suddenly care about elections in LA. I'm an old person, and I've never seen this kind of attention to it before. And it's only good for LA when we know more than just one person who's running for mayor and more than one um, issue that's out there. And you guys are doing what democracy is supposed to be. Yeah. It's supposed to be a little bit ugly. Yeah, the history of this country uh, is filled with uh, revolution and rebellion. Um, You know, not only the the Revolutionary War, but the slave rebellions, uh, the civil rights movement. uh, um, Even the the founding of this country was based on like agitating British soldiers, right? (laughs) Like uh, a snowball fight uh, provoked this bloody massacre and Mm -hmm. took took the British to to court, and you know all that stuff happened. And you know it's a normal part of uh, this country, but they work so hard to suppress it. And, you know, social media is just like a super powerful tool. And, you know, thank you for supporting us. Of and, course. And, uh, you know, we- thank you for ha- having me on. And also, like, uh, being open to talking with me after I, uh, you weren't impressed with me from Venice. First impressions, what do they mean, really? Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Be safe. How great was Richie? You know who we would bail out of jail if they were unfairly incarcerated? Our Patreons. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, here's a can of soup for your family. Here's a gas mask. Here's a half million dollars to get your GoFundMe going. Every donation you hand over helps us keep this insane project rolling. So shout out to our Patreons, Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, 
Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinky, Ben Welsh, Henry Furman, Jen Adams, The Lonely Chair, Trevor Wilson, Bree Wild, and Dougie Gyro. Want to hear your name at the end of next week's show? Go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. Also, shout out to our Angelinos. To be an Angelino, all you have to do is PayPal us 25 bucks or more, and we will list you on the Here in LA website. We're almost done building, I swear. You'll also be given a number to denote how early you got in that made this dream come alive. Angelino number one, Allie Miller. Number two, George Wright. Number three, Rita Joanne. Number four, Jason Sutter. Five, Grant Houghton. Six, Rob Baker. Seven, Kev Chang. Eight is Brenda Garcia. And nine is John Griffiths. Just PayPal your hard-earned cash to busblog at gmail.com. Want to support us, but you just got suckered into dining with a hot babe and the tacos cost $10 each? You can still help. Post your favorite episode on your Facebook. Oh my God, post two. Tweet something nice about this. In fact, anytime you see me or anybody tweet anything about here in LA, as long as it's good, retweet it. And for God's sake, tell your friends. Tell them how here in LA is spelled and that it's on Apple Podcasts and Google and even Spotify. Here in LA is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a man who is quietly against fascists, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Oregon and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and all the activists spending so much of their free time doing their best to make where they live better. Here in LA. LA.